Taigwei and welcome friends to this week's episode of Branding Brujas, a podcast for those of you looking to add some magic to your marketing. We are so blessed you chose to join us this week, and we thank you. Before we get started, let's ground ourselves in this moment so we can be here and fully present. If you're willing and able, join with me now in some cleansing breaths. All breathing is in through the nose, out through the nose, for a count of four. Ready? Inhale, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Last one. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold and exhale, two, three, four. Thank you for bringing yourself to this moment. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome back to this week's episode of Branding Bruja. If you listened to our most recent episode before this, we were pre-election. We are now post-election, and we've got a lot of thoughts. Um, We can't quite say that we're post-post-election because not all races have been called... um, Some races are going to be going on all the way until the end of the year, Um, but we made it through. So let's just dive into some initial reflections, some of the things we were talking about in our last episode. So we got quite into the mushrooms, alcohol, all the drug things (laughs) we talked about last episode. Vices, vices or medicines. One was a medicine. Alcohol is not a medicine. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I was say one one is one is probably a poison um mixed reviews right yes well just how we had mixed reviews just now right like yes <laughs> um so mushrooms are legal in colorado psychedelic mushrooms um this is super exciting for uh, alternative health and providing different treatment options. As mm-hmm. I shared last uh, episode, I have some reservations and I hope that it's implemented appropriately, but I do think it is a major win for alternative medicine and for um, efforts to decolonize. So I'm excited about mushrooms passing despite my reservations. And then the other thing that passed that I don't, that I know, I think we talked about being like, maybe is that now, they can sell grocery stores and convenience stores can sell wine now in addition to the three, two beer. So um, just more alcohol accessible um, from our recap or from our prep. This one was neutral from a lot of the folks we engaged with, but now yeah. grocery stores and convenience stores can also sell you wine right next to that Keystone beer. I wonder if it's just going to be like Boone's farm or something. <laughs> uh, it, no. Well, it, 
in Pennsylvania, when I lived in Pennsylvania, we had grocery store wine. And I will say, and I said this last episode too, like, I just think it's so accessible when it's at the grocery store. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll be interested to see how it looks. I wonder in Pennsylvania, what they did was you had to go to a separate cashier. So you couldn't like ring it up with all your other groceries. So I don't know if they're going to do something like that. That kind of was like a slight deterrent, um, but not really. Um, so I don't know. Just it'll be interesting to see how they implement it. We shall see. Yeah, I think it'd be weird if they would do that for wine when that's not what they, they do for beer already. And I just feel like people would be pissed being like, Talk about my beer, like, why do I, how dare you inconvenience me? (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because in Nebraska, right, I live all over the the country, guys, but in Nebraska, they sell liquor in grocery stores. Like, you could just get, like, tequila. Yeah, Yeah, same thing in Chicago, like, in Chicagoland. Yeah, like, you can go to the grocery store and fucking buy everything there. Go buy Lotto. Wild lotto too, damn. Lotto, booze. Chicago's got it all. Chicken. (laughs) Root. (laughs) There's a bank in there. There's a pharmacy, man. It's all in one shop. Little mall at the grocery store. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Well, that's cool. We have some other cool stuff. I'm like looking at our notes and I'm like, oh. The next thing's not cool. We've got the same two old white men <laughs> running for president. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. Biden, isn't he going to be, like, 80? And, I mean, I'm not trying to be, like, ageist or anything. I'm just trying to say, yo, buddy, you've, like, served. Time, like, allow yourself some rest. Like, retire, bro. Like my, That's what I ask every time I look at Congress. <laughs> dude like nancy pelosi like girl come on she's also like 84 like don't you want to break like i don't know i just feel like i'd want to i mean i already want to break and i'm like not even 40 so like (laughs) i have so many questions i think about that all the time i'm like what are y'all doing what's the right i I guess i just care so much that people get rest (laughs) (laughs) let's get some new candidates yes Please and thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, it would make sense that Trump would announce his president or his bid for presidency. Which, wait, before I say this next part, did you see the NPR headline for Trump's presidency bid? No. Why this made me laugh so much. (laughs) Donald Trump, a man who, uh, who, um, what did he say? Oh, Donald Trump. A man who uh, denied at a legitimate election announced his bid for the next election. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Oh. Like, I was talking to my sister. I was like, how is he running if, like, he's, like, not allowed in New York? Right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? It's just like, and I'm like, I don't, like, don't you earn? Like what? Aren't you gonna go to prison soon? Like that's what my husband. I just don't I'm get it. I really don't. I just don't. I'm man. baffled. My husband goes, "Isn't he up? For, like, isn't he going to jail?" Right, <laughs> right. Like, I don't. Get oh, it. that man. I did read. I don't know if this is true or not. So, like, nobody quote me. But I did read that 
there were people when he like announced that he was um running for president again people were trying to leave the stadium because like i guess it wasn't engaging and like his staff like stopped <laughs> must keep the illusion <laughs> it was right. the largest crowd ever indy i don't know what what you're talking about isn't it every time the largest <laughs> every time the largest ever oh good old trump i can't i i don't know i'm baffled and i mean it was a weird like wasn't my kind of last reflection on the election is that it was a really weird midterm season because normally party in power loses like all their power mm-hmm. and like we what were they calling it the red wave they're like oh the red wave like biden's gonna be up against all these republicans and that's just not what happened like at all um no. i've been calling it the red wave of embarrassment like, <laughs> when i read that in the notes i laughed out loud i was like ha, that's exactly what it was <laughs> because it was like they, they lost colorado not a single republican won their race in Colorado. Wait, uh, but Lauren, whatever, Bobert, I think there's a re a runoff for, for that. Yes, race. she's a runoff, but it's not, that's like, I was talking about the state, but you're right. Oh, yes, oh okay. Yes, yes, um, yes. Ugh, I can't, I just, ugh, she's the worst. She's another one. She's like, a- I can't even believe we're at this point, right? I'm like, really, people? Like, how? I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I have an answer, and it's not an answer that I like. But it's the topic for today. At least somebody has an answer, right? I don't don't care what it is. um, So today we're going to be talking about how Latinos, which is the identity that both of us have at least part of, um, are messing everything up for everyone else. Oh, my God. Um, and not all of them, but I don't know if anybody knew this or not. Latinos have our own white people. We have our own white people within the Latino Hispanic race. And I want to talk a little bit about them today and what is really happening with Latinos, with Hispanic people in general in the United States. Um, and that is that they are becoming increasingly white. And I think it's important to note that a lot of Hispanics and Latinos look white, especially those from like South America, um, people obviously coming from like Spain, they are absolutely white. Um, So my own mother, so my mother is Puerto Rican. She does not identify as white in any capacity. But if you just saw her walking by you, she'd think she was like an Italian woman. Um, so there are Latinos that very much so look white. And I want to talk about how some of that privilege really sways the way that they think, um, and how we see, especially now, them starting to reject their culture more and more in favor of being white. Um, so quickly before we jump into that, I was doing a little bit of research and thinking about how the definition of a white person has changed throughout American history. So teensy tiny little history lessons, I'm gonna sneak it in for you guys. But when we first said like white American, what we were really referring to was people from Western Europe. So primarily British people, 
um, Anglo-Saxons, that was the traditional definition of a white person. And we used that definition for a really long time until about the 1800s when we started, to, really, I would say late 1800s into the early 1900s. And that's when we start to see immigrants coming over. And initially, they are not considered white. Now, these are people who we would consider white now, right? Italians, Jewish people, Irish people, um, Germans by some extent, Polish people, all these people who we would say, there. you look at these people, they are white by today's standards. But back then, they were not considered white until there were too many of them. And so when they kind of grew in population, they started taking over. Other white people were like, ah, yes, that's a white person. You know, yeah. Dogs, but he's all right. Or they speak a little bit weird. They might smell not the same, but we're all white. So that happened, right? And then for a really long time, like that's what white was defined as. And then they do it again. And the other population, the people that they did it to, um, is the Asian American population. So Asian Americans fall again into two kind of categories where if you're more fair skinned, you can kind of fall into the white category. And if you're more darker skinned, you're not going, obviously you're not going to be considered white passing. Now we'll talk about a little bit of, this is like very nuanced. So bear with us. We're going to get more deep into this in a minute. Um, but they do this again, right? And now we're seeing it because Latinos are going to be like, the majority in I, I i forget what the trajectory exactly is but like there is a trajectory we make a lot of babies um so we are scheduled to be the majority in the country and white people are really scared of that um understandably so so once again the definition of white is changing i'm also going to make a little note we're not talking about this today but we also see this with like biracial people so people who are like biracial, specifically mixed with white, what you start to see more of is like, oh, you're a white, right? Yeah, like you're white. Uh, yeah. And it, it, there, it's kind of like, oh, well, you, you're white, you have a white parent. It's like, eh, am I white? Am I? But, you know, that kind of gets thrown on you. So let's do some definitions. Let's kind of break out this nuance. And then we can chat a little bit about how this shows up. So... First and foremost, let's talk about what white passing is. So this is a definition. I did not make this up. It comes straight from the internet. Um, but it says white passing is when someone perceives a black, indigenous, or person of color as a white person for whatever reason. Some BIPOC people have been labeled white passing, are viewed as having more privilege than other individuals in their community. So white passing is just when someone looks at you and they go, you are a white person regardless of where you come from, and then they assign privilege accordingly. What is privilege? Privilege is a right, advantage, or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group. So people who are white passing are then assigned white privilege because they look like they're white. We all know what white privilege is. It's where you get a lot of benefits because you're white and you don't look like all of us BIPOC folk. So what I really want to get into, though, is the nuance of being white passing versus having white passing privilege. Because to be white passing is a self-determined identity. And so what I mean by that is that it's an active choice. If we think about the term historically and how it was used following Reconstruction, when we see a lot of Black former slaves uh, really reject their Black culture in favor of passing as white, they had to 
fully reject their culture. Back then, it was a little bit more extreme than it is now, but that meant not seeing their family, that meant changing their name, and living their life as though they were a white person. It was an active choice. It doesn't mean it was an easy choice, but it was a choice nonetheless to provide privilege for themselves and for their children. White passing is something that now is a little bit more contested as the races have been muddied and we have a lot of mixing and beautiful mixed people. So to be white passing is still a choice, but that doesn't mean that if you're white and fair-skinned, you don't have certain privileges. So I think it's important to acknowledge that you can be as boisterously loud and in your heritage, in your culture and not feel white. But if your boss or your classmates or your professor or your anybody really perceives you as white, they will assign that privilege to you. That can and will change once you've made it clear that that's not an identity that you associate with. I can give some personal examples. and I'll just do a really brief one. So my mother is, as I've mentioned, I've mentioned her a few times in this episode. She was heavy on my mind while I was writing it. Um, my mother is a white passing person. Um, as far as most people would say, she's got, she dyes her hair blonde. She's very fair skin, lots of freckles, um, very much so looks like a white woman. And But my mom's name is Milagros Colon. So she doesn't sound like a white woman. When you hear her talk, she has all of the mannerisms, language, Spanglish of someone who is Hispanic. And she would never call herself a white person ever in a million years. She would get offended if she even heard me talking <laughs> about this right now. She would say, I'm not white. Why would you say that? So when she's in a room, my mom's not quiet. She's not known for being quiet. She's going to voice her opinion. She's going to share. And as a result, my mother has both experienced white privilege from people who haven't heard her speak and who haven't interacted with her much. And she's also experienced quite a bit of racism and has been passed over for jobs and um, has kind of had some mean and nasty things said about her. Um, so she's experienced both. And I think that it's important to note that that culture piece is very important. And the rejection of culture um, is really what signifies from a historical standpoint what white passing is. So you can be white passing uh, or I should, should say you can have white passing privilege without making the active choice to be white passing. But it's also really important that if you have that white passing privilege, that you acknowledge that it's a privilege and that you, um, you know, work to use it when beneficial. My mom has definitely used her. My mom's also a Karen. Um, so it's important. <laughs> she's, she's also a Karen and she lives up to the name, haircut and all, sunglasses and all. Um, so. <laughs> So every now and then she leads into that white privilege and then her mixed babies show up and they're like, oh, we've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> All right. So that's enough education for today. I um, Obviously, I feel very strongly about this, but I'm talking about this. I am not white passing in any capacity. But what are your thoughts on this? Like, where do you stand? You are mixed with white. So how does this kind of feel for you? Yeah, like the whole time you were talking, I was like, man, I'm really glad we didn't talk in depth about this before because I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about any of these things, right? Especially like 
it's making me like really reflect on like, well, what was it? Like, like, am I white passing? Like, I guess maybe sometimes, like, I guess if I, I, if I'm intentional, uh, yeah, I could definitely be more white passing, but like, you can't take away that my hair is dark. Like I can't take away from like, yeah. But you could, but you could. Like I could, right? Like I'm, so I'm like, I don't know. I guess sometimes I'm white passing. And then I was thinking about how like, like if you don't see my name, right? Like my name is Jamie Rasmussen, right? Like it's mm-hmm. written down, right? Yeah. Sure. Many people have read my name and assumed I was a man as well, right? Or male because mm-hmm. Jamie Rasmussen, right? And that's, I remember getting mail that was to Mr. Jamie Rasmussen, right? Like long ago. Um, so I know that like through just my name and I know that that I have that privilege of the name of the name Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. I know, I know that. I know that that's such a privilege to have. And that yet, like, I think that people who see my name first before they see me, they're expecting one thing. And then the second they see me, they're like, oh, different gender, significantly shorter than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Way louder also. (laughs) And you're racially ambiguous. I think I've always gotten that too. Like I remember just growing up, I'm I'm assuming you got this too, but like growing up um, just with people being like, so what are you? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you? I'm like, what do you what do you mean? What am I, (laughs) you know? And like, I don't know. And I do think, I think we talked about this in another episode or like maybe just when we were like talking, but, um, of how, no, it was a different episode about how, like, I look pretty Hispanic. I look pretty Mexican. All my friends are, were pretty Mexican, you know? And so like, I think I just, I looked more Mexican than not, you know, like Mm -hmm. I look at my pictures of, uh, from childhood and I was like a lot browner and like, so I don't know this this whole conversation was making me think like yes I have some privilege yes I'm able to be white passing but again I have to like do have to try for it like intentionally um I think I think but I don't know like you see me like well so it's interesting I'm I'm so interested in this whole conversation because you were talking about your name and I remember when I first saw your name, like I had met you already and then I saw your name and I was like, oh, she must be married to a white man, which you are, but it's, you don't have his last name. No. So <laughs> I was like, oh, where did that come from? Like I was, I didn't even put two and two together that like hmm. you could have like a white dad or be half white. Like I was just like, oh, like this is a clearly Hispanic person. <laughs> like, obviously. Um, but so it's interesting, but I do like, even as I'm looking at you right now, I'm like, yeah, like if you change your hair and you dressed a certain way, like, I feel like you could. And I, I know for myself, like, I definitely got the racially ambiguous. Um, I got like weird, like, I wouldn't say weird, but like weird to me things all the time. Like people are like, oh, you're like Hawaiian. Or you're oh, like, yeah. I would get hope my sister and I get Hawaiian, Italian. Yeah. Like we just like different things not weird but again like just things that I would never like think of myself you know Mm -hmm, totally um yeah so I don't know I I think this whole thing is very interesting and I think it it really does depend and I think that's where a lot of people of color start to get frustrated because Mm -hmm. there is that if you are white passing and you have white passing privilege the rest of us can't turn it off Right. So like, right. Right. Like I can't, there's not much, I can't be white passing. It's right. pretty impossible. Um, my skin is just too dark. 
Uh, maybe in the summertime, if I did stuff to my hair, I could pass it off as a tan, but it's not realistic. Yeah. Um, I can't be white passing. My yeah. children, 1000% white passing. Um, and then I have two sisters and one of my sisters is dark skin like me. Couldn't be white passing. My other sister, 100% could pass and chooses absolutely not to. Wears her hair really curly. She's the one that has my two biracial nephews. So they're half black. So like chooses to live in the culture, engulfed in the culture, expressing that part of her culture. But if she wanted to tomorrow, could put on a blonde wig and would totally look like a white chick. It's so bizarre to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I hear that. And um, I'm just thinking, because, you know, I got this fellowship in the state capitol, right? And I'm like, you know, I have to dress a certain way and I'll have to, like, look a certain way. And I'm like, well, but it's also part of a, like, a Latino organization at the same time yet my name is Jamie Rasmus you know so I just have this like mixed kid complex all the time like all the time I wish like you know like ugh. it's hard I think it's harder being in a community where there's like le like less diversity too right like it wasn't this big of a deal like I wouldn't have noticed this as yeah. much right like at all really probably if I was still in Chicago, I probably would be like, mm, "I'm a, that's cool. Like I could go here. You know, I just, it wouldn't have been so apparent. Yes. Yes. Um, that's what it is. It wouldn't be like so right in my face. I wouldn't have to, I don't know. Think about it. No, I yeah. think, oh my God, I'm so glad you brought this up. Cause I think this is like the crucial component. And this is actually why white people can expand what white is. Right. Because of like things like to like geography, like, where are you? Are you in a diverse scape where it doesn't matter? Or are you in a place where like white privilege, you really feel the lack thereof? Mm -hmm. And so you idealize the idea of being white. And if someone can pass and like in the Hispanic culture, we have this a lot like, um, you know, light in the race, right? Like I remember my uncle, my uncle was a black man. You cannot tell me that man was not a black man. If I show you pictures of him, total black man, right? He marries a white woman. Great. Whatever. She was fantastic. I loved her. Um, and he has mixed race children. They're beautiful. They choose to marry black men, both of them. So they kind of like undo all his work. Mm -hmm. And when I brought my husband home, my, my uncle was through the roof thrilled. He was like, <laughs> thankfully, you're not like my daughters. Like you. Oh my God. And I was like, ew, like don't talk about it's like I don't like this but I think Latinos especially I think more so than most people um, that would identify as BIPOC and, and correct me if I'm wrong this is just my personal experience in what I've seen is Latinos have that still that idea of the American dream especially the older ones and they latch on to it just a little bit more and that American dream at least in my experience for the older ones has been associated with whiteness. So in order to get to this, you must be that. And so by you, by me marrying a white man, I'm bringing us closer to it. Right. Cause I've got these little light skinned babies who can mm -hmm. pass. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I find all of this very interesting because I do think it impacts how then you vote mm -hmm. and how you make decisions. Mm -hmm. because if you feel like something's not going to impact you Absolutely. why would you care 
You know what I mean? Absolutely. Or like, why would you think any different, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking about like police, for example, like the people that think like, oh no, they protect and I feel safe around police. Mm -hmm. But then other people who are like, they don't protect and I don't feel safe around police. Like if you've, for the person that is feels safe with police, like what has your experience with, like, what is your life like? And have you ever thought of this person's life? Yeah, exactly. Or you could even not even think about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so that's the other side of it. So if you feel safe about police, then it's not even on your radar when you're making a decision. You know? So that's how you've fallen and believe disinformation or misinformation, right? Because, like, the headlines that are like, uh, black kid fights police officer and to defend himself shoots him. And it's like... That's probably not what the truth is. That's definitely not what the truth is. It's definitely a lie. Yep, I know. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's what makes it like so frustrating because it's hard to have conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in general, it's hard to talk about like politics with people. Everyone kind of falls one way or another. But I think, well, well, I think everyone falls one way or the other. I don't think all politicians think that way. I'm reading my notes here. I'm just thinking about how how much politicians think all Latinos care about immigration. And mm-hmm. like, we, do, I mean, I do. I care a ton. A lot of them don't. I actually watched a Jimmy Kimmel bit. I don't really care for Jimmy Kimmel, but it was on TikTok. <laughs> so I watched the Jimmy Kimmel bit. And he brought a DACA recipient into a room with a bunch of Republicans who were like very anti-DACA. Mm-hmm. And I, he, he was very strategic. And I think and who the people he picked because the Republicans were not all white men. There were a fair amount of women and women of all color. There was black women, there was Hispanic women, Asian, like there was, it was a very diverse group of Republicans, probably the most diverse group of Republicans I've ever seen ever. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try to link the clip but he's talking to them and one lady stuck out to me she was obviously a hispanic woman she even said she was a product of immigration herself she was a product of of legal immigration to the united states she had to be 50s 60s and she was talking to this daca recipient and she kind of was like i still don't think daca's right i still don't think you should have access to our country. And I'm just like, what? Do you not see the hypocrisy lately? And she couldn't. Jimmy tried to explain it to her and she couldn't. Yeah, she couldn't see the hypocrisy. She felt this woman who, by the way, was married to a army reserve soldier and was a nurse. So like this woman who like for all intents and purposes is doing everything right still isn't entitled to it. And that I think that just goes to show how all Hispanics aren't a monolith, like all Latinos aren't a monolith. That woman couldn't have given two shits if a Democrat came to her house and was mm. like, Immigration, this is where we stand. Mm-hmm. Like, she wouldn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse my language. I mean, I've been I've been dropping F bombs like the whole time. Are we not supposed to swear because <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember the rules. (laughs) It's tough. So, do you, as a as a mixed race kid, we're talking about the Democrats. We we always shit on Republicans. We shit on Democrats for a second. Do you feel seen by the Democrats? 
I'm gonna, I have like a story as a metaphor for how Ooh. I feel. Yes. Um, so that like, think of like a really, a, a nonprofit, a well-to-do nonprofit led by white people. Think of like a white lady leading this nonprofit that's like, performative but not fully pro- not performative mm-hmm. or like you don't realize she's performative until later like at first it's like said the right things and then over time you're like huh that kind of white lady leading this organization and then you're like in this organization and you're like oh cool white lady like yeah i want to i support you as this white lady who's going to try to change things because you're in charge you could do that and then like you know you talk about things and like white ladies like yeah it's gonna happen don't worry like yeah that's an awesome idea awesome idea and then like it it only is said to you like in a one-on-one and then like never brought up again and then you're never defended in real life when you need it and then like ultimately feel betrayed and like so tiny so you have to like give it up and run away so like that's my my metaphor for how i feel about democrats and that democrat the white lady is the white lady and i am the the myself (laughs) (laughs) you are just jr i am myself but like that's what it feels like it's like why you have all this power and you're gonna try to make some change fuck yeah this is awesome i can support you like I, i i can wait i can take my time i can be there and like i'm ready all right yes Still ready. No, you're still just going to let that keep happening right in front of you? All right. Okay. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was the best metaphor for the the Democratic Party I've Mm -hmm. ever heard. Have you watched Insecure with Issa Rae? No, I haven't. You got to watch it. Uh, It's like Black Girl Magic for real. Um, (laughs) But in season one... She works for a nonprofit and her boss is exactly the woman you're describing. And that's the commentary that she's making in the episode or like through that character arc is okay, exactly what you're describing. Oh, yeah. Is it like on Hulu? Like which one's on? HBO. It's on HBO. 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 And it's so, first of all, it's a really good show. It's only 30 minutes an episode. I'm not being paid to say any of this. Issa Rae is just amazing. Yeah. Oh. I'm not being paid yet. Yes, right. So, Issa, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> HBO, if you're listening, yeah, like <laughs> I think we have a whole like what eight listeners. Issa uh, <laughs> Ray is one of them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're right. You are correct. <laughs> but it is a really good show, and she actually talks a lot, a lot about in a funny way about like some of the stuff we talk about on this show, and you know, she it's really about exploring you know the world as a black woman. Um, but I think it's a it's a really interesting commentary that you just made because that's so accurate. Like, it's just so accurate. The idea that like they pretend to care, they pretend that things that things work or whatever. And in in the reality, it's like they don't give a flying fuck about us. And then the other thing, though, the other I have to say it. The other thing oh. is that like they think they're going to make these changes, right? But then the other side, the like the quote unquote, or just the bad side, right? The bad people, the bad side. Sure. They like break all the rules. All the rules. Don't follow any like any rule, right? And just get it done and get it ta- taken care. Of, and it happens. But then the 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 other side is like, well, no, we need to do. No, yep. we need to have like eight months of research and focus groups and blah blah. blah. And it's like, motherfucker, I 
like <laughs> it's that it is that also it's that like one side you typically the bad side it's like that devil angel and devil on your shoulders right it's like the devil on your shoulder is like just fucking do it already and it's like right, right. and then the other side's the angel and it's like well, you need to go through blah, 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 and it's like, well, you can do, can you just, can we just all find a balance? We just find a... Right, like, what's the end, what's the in between? I think that that is so right. I read, um, you make, you, this is making me think of Obama's book, which if you want to be lulled to sleep, read Obama's book. It's very good, but his voice is very, um, soothing. Um, yes. But he, he talks all about this. And the entire time I'm reading the book, that's all I'm thinking is, why is it taking so long? Like, we're three chapters deep into this one issue. Like, why? <laughs> no, I listened <laughs> to that book, too, but I could not get through it. So, and I even had the speed. I sped up his voice, like, of two like or something. So I was like, come on, buddy. Like, <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I was like, "Fucking, how many pages is this shit? How many hours is this book?" And I can only borrow it from the Audible app. Hours. Anyway, anyway, let's go back to the topic. Sorry, we're not gonna. This is not an Obama slander. Thing. No, I love don't. Obama. Miss you. Love you so much. You can come back whenever you want. Like we didn't deserve here you. for you, buddy. <laughs> like, Rock and Michelle, what's up? Love you both. Okay. That's one of our other eight listeners is Michelle. <laughs> is Michelle Obama, obviously. <laughs> Not Barack, Michelle. Michelle. No, it's got to be Michelle. Yeah, I'm right. Way too busy. <laughs> oh, oh my well, God. This episode is all over the place. We are so funny. <laughs> yes, I love that. So you know, there's one last thing that I want to share. Because it's funny, but also because I think it kind of connects to a lot of what we're talking about. And I think it shows that um, I think it shows that putting in the work actually does make a difference. So we've kind of crapped on the fact that Republicans don't really care. You know, or Republicans are kind of trying to do whatever they can to sort of grasp for straws. And one of the things that they're doing is they're really emphasizing the Latino vote. So they came up with this this mission, this campaign mission in a few different states where there's heavy Latino populations. It's such a racist name. It's called Operation Vamos. And it, I know, right? It's it's so bad. It started back in uh, 20, uh, 2020. So it was really to mobilize during the Trump election and then went into full force for the midterms. So essentially it is going into these Latino heavy spaces. It's translating campaign material so that it's more accessible, something Republicans were not doing four or five years ago. Um, it is putting centers in predominantly Latino neighborhoods. It's focusing on issues that Latinos care about that are aligned with the Republican Party. So things like the, like the economic policy, things like um, their safety. So we're talking about like police violence. Latinos, especially those who have immigrated from more dangerous countries, care a lot about safety and what's being done. Um, so that is a primary issue for them. So all that to say that the Democrats are still leading in the Latino population. There are still a lot of us who reject what the Republican Party is doing and feel directly attacked by them. But the lead is 
is narrowing. And I think this is an insane drop in points. So they went from 40 points in 2018 to 27 points of a lead in 2020. So I, like that's that's significant. That is, yeah. Wow. Like to lose that. And that is just with the Latino, like the Latino vote, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Yep. But wow. that's a lot. That's almost 15 oh, that points. Is, yeah. Um, and that's so I say that to say that when you put in the work, it's obvious mm-hmm. and it does work. And so, you know, even though it's like for nefarious means, mm-hmm. they're like, doing the work. They are. And you know what? Like, I, I see the notes, too, of like just going back to like recognizing humans as humans and like that's kind of what that tactic is, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and I think that, so like to your point earlier about saying how like Democrats are all behind like immigration reform and things like that, but that's not what's calling the Latino vote because it's still not thinking them granted. Yes. Im- the immigration reform does actually legally quote unquote, identify them as humans, as humans. Right. But it's not connecting with them like culturally. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. like the ones that Republicans are like super leaning into are the culturally cultural ones, right? So like we like the Hispanics are prominently Catholic, right? So we don't like pro-life yep. bullshit. We and like with that same Catholic mentality, like LGBTQ plus, they're not gonna be want they're not gonna be for that shit either. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so like if Republicans are gonna preach those and lean into those, and you know what? Like I know we were talking about podcasts earlier and ones we've been listening to. There's this other one about that I wanted to listen to about how like the the Republican Party is leaning into becoming like a theocracy essentially, and it's starting with with like the Roe v. Wade stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. and like a moral America, quote unquote. And I just <sighs> hands made too much. That's all I no, can think. I <laughs> haven't watched that movie cause, or TV show because I think it'd be triggering, and so I have yet to do it. But uh, I guess it would be since I'm concerned right now. But I, I just it. So these like community center centers you're talking about that Republican parties are going into uh, predominantly Hispanic neighborhoods and creating these like cultural centers. They're like making like hiring people of the community to be there, giving them jobs, but making it centered and focused on like Republican goals, which is the nuclear fam of like husband, wife and kids um, of like your woman stays home. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. also the Republican narrative uh, yeah. for being super honest. Honestly, no, this is it's smart. Never... It's strategic. It's smart. I hate to say that. And same thing with what they did to get Roe v. Wade passed in general, the relationships with religious organizations. I hate to say that the party is strategic. Why the fuck ain't the Democrats, you know? But but what you just said, like, as you're saying it, it's making me think of the the little the metaphor you gave <laughs> the executive director right at the nonprofit, because that's exactly what it is. Like, they'll put out the memos but will they do the work? Will they build the relationships? Will they go into the places and make people feel welcome? And I'll just a little bit of background. When I was in the evangelical church, which I was in for several years, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, they are trained in recruitment and relational recruitment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what we do in community organizing, right? But yes. Democrats will like just you know shoved okay organizers to the side because it's like we're too i just wish there could be more i don't know no i know <laughs> sorry i'm just i can't even get words out because i'm just annoyed and i just all these old people i'm like i'm not trying to be ageist i swear to you but it's like 
come on, retire already and just like make way for the next generation. I'm like just so optimistic for Gen Z, to be honest. Like I just think so much more liberal in a good way because like, yeah. And I'm just, I'm optimistic. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good note to end on is a note of optimism. The first Gen Z congressperson was elected during this election cycle. Oh, that is a great... Yeah, right? Thank you. So they're doing it. And millennials, there's more of us now um, than ever before in Congress. There's going to continue to be more of us. Infiltrate that shit. Do I run someday? No, I think this podcast... You should. This podcast itself would get me not elected, though. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm sitting here like... Do we go back and edit just in case? Like, <laughs> whatever. Take whatever. everything out. <laughs> just take it off the internet entirely. No one can hear. Um, whatever. No, I think you should run. I think I think that our generation and specifically the generation after us, Gen Z, are going to change things. And mm-hmm. at least I'm hopeful that they're going to change things. I think we can already see how things are changing and i think colorado because we have these ballot measures where people are actually voting and we're getting to see how people are voting free of congress and free of electoral colleges and all of that good stuff um i think we can see right like the fact that psychedelics passed the fact that the the race for alcohol was so tight i think these little things are droppings and evidence that like things are changing Mm-hmm. The winds of change. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's hope. There's hope. Yes. That's a good way to end. <laughs> yeah. It is. I, I am optimistic. Little by little. Yeah. Little by little. Uh, well, thanks for listening and making yeah. it through with us. Um, I think we need, a, I do think we need a cleansing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think I like, got to shake it out. So I'm like, shake out my hands. So I'm sitting down. So I'm going to shake out my hands, shake out my feet a little bit. <sighs> oh, okay. All right. Feet on the ground. If you're sitting wherever you are, the shoulders back down and away from your ears, tuck your chin. So you lift through the crown of your head. So you have a nice long spine. Close your eyes. Inhale through the nose, up towards your third eye. Really feel the rib cage expand. Exhale. Another big inhale. And exhale through the mouth. Hmm. Much better. <laughs> I needed that because yes. a, <laughs> a, a little jazzed up there, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. If you've made it this far, thank you. Thank you for thank listening. Thank you. As always. <laughs> we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram, Branding Brujas, and uh, find us online at brandingbruja.com. Um, if you want to connect with us, feel free to send us an email. If you want to be on the show, you want to ask questions, you just want to say hi. And that's admin at brandingbruja.com. Thank you again for listening. And hopefully you guys will continue to join us on our antics next week. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye.